Yo, I put it like wow. This that sound. These oaks don't work hard like me. I hope they know by now. Bam, bam. Stand my ground. Throw these money trees go overseas like Percy Tow. I make sure you stay around. Quiet when I'm under loud. No negatives allowed. Me positivity took a vow. I always play to win. Don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the cloud, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never ever ever think about the drop. Welcome to the sports fans. It is the MKT show. Show, 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 show. How you doing? Hope you're having a good time. Wherever you are, um, whether you're milking a cow in the field somewhere, or just doing some pen pusher work, you know, pushing that paper, as the young kids say, as the you, you, you know, when the youth are youthing, they say, "I'm pushing that paper, dog." They don't always say dog. They don't always say dog. I, I sort of I added that for a little bit of dramatic flair, you know, a little bit of creative flair. Showing a little bit of who I am. Says says I'm serious, but I'm here to party. You know, like a tuxedo t-shirt. Um, shout out if you know that reference. Hope you're having the time of your life. I had a good week. So, I had a couple of messages of, how come you don't uh, post your runs on Strava anymore? And I said, well, I'm not really running much. I'm running five, six Ks here and there. But I'm doing a lot of strength work at the moment. Um, because I have committed, like, officially, it's officially official. Uh, as um, Rappaport would say on ESPN, um, that I'm gonna do Mac Mac Ultra next year, the hundred miler. So, gotta get serious for that. Um, and right now, I'm in nowhere near the kind of mental shape. Physically, I could probably fake my way through it, you know. But phys- mentally, I'm. I haven't done a hundred miler in a long time. Like that kind of distance. The last, the last thing I did was 100k. And that was like a year ago. So people think 100k's and 100 miles is the same. That, that extra 60k's. Oh boy. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole different race. So we'll see. We'll see. Feeling pretty good. Um, point is, I'll start. I know I've said this before. I'll start posting on Strava again. Fine. Like. I'm doing five, six K runs. I say people. It was three people that have texted me in the last two weeks. So it's like, you know, if you're going to start posting stuff, some people like it. And we all watch stuff. Maybe it motivates people. Or, or not. Like, whatever. I'm not Eliwood Kipchoge. But for these three people, they said in particular for them, it does give them a kick up the backside. And they, they like seeing it. And they like the the little payoff lines that I do. So I'll, I'll start posting on Strava again. Fine. You know, the people have spoken. That they've brought out the guillotine and, you know, marched me out to the town square. To make an example, but pardon me, um, you know, when the emperor has to uh, sort of say finger down or finger up. And they said finger up. It's okay. Sort of, it, you know, they've thrown tomatoes at me um, in the town square. And shown me the guillotine. And I've said, okay, fine. I've relented. I've relented. The people have spoken. It's a, it's a revolution. So, message received. I'll start posting on Strava again. Um, what are we talking about today? So, I'm going to wrap up my predictions. Uh, top three for next season. My relegation three as well. Um, somebody said I should do golden boot and stuff. I don't really like those kind of ones. It's, um, you know, I, I don't know. But I think, I think that's who, that's what we care about, right? Like, okay, Golden Boot's kind of cool, but no one's ever gone Golden Boot award is, is the news. We care about who's getting relegated. On the last day of the season, we're very rarely watching to see if Mo Salah's going to win Golden Boot. We're watching who's going to get relegated and who's going to make top four and who's going to win the, the league, right? Like, that's why we watch. Come on now. Come on. Um... By the way, you can join the MKT show on um, if you play fantasy football. If you don't, well, whatever. You're a scum and don't really want to talk to you. But if you'd like to, the code is I2N5US. That's the letter I, the number two, um, the letter N, the number five, 
and then the letters US, all letters in lower caps. I don't know if it's uh, cap sensitive, by the way. I don't know. I don't, I don't work at the Premier League. I don't know how the site works. So if you want to join, get in the mix there. Uh, should be fun. I'm going to figure out a prize because I've scammed people saying I'd give a thousand bucks for YouTube um, if you subscribed. That was about two years ago. I still haven't given that money out. So at the very least, at the very least, the prize will be a thousand rand for whoever wins it. And obviously I can't win it because that's just me keeping the money. Um, although, although maybe, no, 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 we should give the money away. Just give the money away. So at the very least, it'll be the thousand bucks. I think that's fair. But if we can find another prize, maybe if you slide in the DMs, MKT inspires, MKT at the MKT show, maybe you've got some ideas for prizes. And don't make it like 50,000 rand. I don't, I don't feel like giving away 50,000 rand. You know, I'm going to France in a couple of months. No big deal. Speaking of which, I was trying to work on my visa for France today. If you know anybody who works at the French consulate or whatever this shambles of a website is called, it's the worst website I've ever been on. And I don't mean websites for visas or sort of consulate stuff. It's the worst website I've ever encountered, ever in my whole entire life. And I've been going on websites since I was eight, for 30 years. This is the worst website I've ever, it, it, it really tested my patience. Like, I'm already not a patient person. But this is bad. You know, my sister lived, studied in France. And she told me how bad their bureaucracy is. And I thought, yeah, you're exaggerating. You know, yeah, she said, you got it good in South Africa. Like, you know, you guys don't know what's cutting there. I see what she means. Like she says, bureaucracy there. Like the post office here in South Africa is an absolute shambles, right? And all of that stuff. She says it's worse in France. Like France is uniquely known for basically ANC levels, public service. So no wonder they bloody always striking and uh, using guillotines to chop off king's heads. I say always. You know, the, the, the whole egality thing. Maybe that's where they went wrong. You know, just m maybe do let them eat cake. A and then they'll eat the cake and then maybe they'll be happier and they'll give us service. Anyway, people are now wondering, why is he going to France? Does he, has he found love? Does he think going to Paris and looking at, you know, the Detroit will make him, you know, find love? That's not the reason. That's a ridiculous reason. That's a dumb reason. Like having a, having a foreign accent is only so cool. Like three months in, everyone's just a selfish dickhead who doesn't pick up socks, you know? <laughs> I think... The accent thing, being the mysterious foreigner, wears off pretty quickly. So that's not what it is. Um, I am planning to go and watch the Rugby World Cup semi-final and final. Though. That is the plan. That is the move. Uh, well, that's what I'm doing. That That's happening. I'm I'm going to Gapery uh, to go and watch the semi-final and final. Brave call by the French there, by the way. They've got the semi-final... So both semi-finals, back-to-back, Friday, Saturday, in the same stadium. I think it's right. Stade Francais. And then the next weekend, same stadium, the final. So those who don't know, rugby really cuts stuff up. What if it rains? What if it rains? You, you're going to have the second semi-final in shambles. And then inevitably, the pitch isn't going to recover by the next week. So, brave call. And the problem with changing the turf is then it becomes slippery. So, hey, the French doing things their own way. But if you know somebody who works at the French consulate or whatever, tell them to fix the website. Oh, my goodness. Dreadful. It's one of the worst things I've ever encountered. It is one of the worst things I've ever encountered. The UX, horrendous. UI, terrible. Just everything about it. Oh, dreadful. Anyway, so if you, hey, if you live in France, maybe we'll catch up. You know, if you're in Europe, I will be there from the middle of October. Um, running up to that, I'm at the Otter. So if you're a trail runner, I'll see you at the Otter. 
uh, if you're in South Africa. I mean, if you are living in, listen, I've been looking at some of the stats. It's incredible where some people live that are listening to this. By the way, where are you in the world? Because, by the way, this is the great thing about digital. I can tell where people are, are listening to the podcast. There's people in Azerbaijan. Um, there are people in Qatar, America, Canada. Um, what was the, There were some other, I think Oman was the other one. But there were some other, I think Kazakhstan. There, there's people in Kazakhstan. Don't know what you're doing listening in Kazakhstan, but I'm, I'm glad. But there's people all over the world listening to this podcast, which is completely outrageous, by the way. Um, but if you live in Gaypari, I will be there. Or if you go to the Rugby World Cup, by the way. Why didn't I presume people can do that? I will see you there. Semi-final and final. I will be at the stadium for one of the semi-finals. You know? Um, I, I, yeah. T- to be honest, I don't have tickets yet. But I'll get tickets. You know? It's, uh, it's, I'm putting it out there. So, definitely one of the semi-finals. But 100% World Cup Rugby Final, I'll be there. So, if you're in France, if you're in Europe... Well, man, not in Europe. I'm not, I'm not like I'm not coming to visit any of you. Like, what, what are we doing? But if you're in Paris, when I'm there for two weeks, because I'm going to go from the middle of October until probably the end of October. If you're in Paris, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not traveling down to the south. I might meet a professional, uh, a friend of mine, um, Flip van der Merwe. Obviously, he lives there. He's a big time guy now, Cambridge guy. Uh, he is doing some. By the way, if you are into just doing epic stuff. He, his company was essentially the sort of hydrogen uh, vehicle supplier, so EV supplier for um, the Tour de France. Maybe you've heard of it, you know? So here's a guy who's just, he's an inspirational human, you know? Sportsmen do struggle, and he speaks, speaks to sportsmen about the struggle of being a pro sportsman, transitioning from that, becoming a Cambridge graduate you know he did his master's there a really really high level guy um you know his, his father used to insist on hey if you don't get academics you don't play rugby and he was in the gray dynasty the greatest probably the greatest rugby dynasty of all time in any level across the world if you're not south african let me explain something to you in south african rugby there are about 15 schools that at any time can be number one in the country i mean there's one big dog right he was at the big dog gray bloom it is, it is nearly impossible to play sport in South Africa with the amount of high-quality high schools we've got, particularly boys' schools, right, and not lose from grade 8 to matric. I remember having him on my show a while ago, a couple of years ago, and I said to him, yeah, you know when you lose a game? Because when I was in matric, we were quite good. We were in the top 10 at my school. He said, no, no, I don't. They went, so he does not know an L in high school. This is the type of dynasty we're talking about. By the way, that's like 15 rugby matches a year. Gray Bloom gets everyone's World Cup final. They went from standard six. So that's the eighth grade until the 12th grade. That's five years of not losing a single rugby match. That's impossible. That's the kind of dynastic place he came from. Played for the Springboks. Now, boom transitioned he owns a company that's trying to save the planet or do its part you know like what's cool about him is he's not a douchebag either he's done the work he's got his masters from cambridge in this space um and yeah so i might go and see him you know like i'd, I'd travel south if it's to see flip for the Maver. so i might go hang out with him uh, but i'll just see him in paris because he'll be at the world cup final he told me so even then you know i don't need to because he's a high-level guy. He's like, oh, I'm not going to make you travel bloody two hours on a plane. I'll just come to Paris because I'm a big deal. So he's doing some big stuff. Obviously, I think they'll probably have him presenting. Or actually, wait, some douchebag bank actually has him uh, probably there hosting. I mean, if you're going to have it, have a dynastic Springbok, right? His father's arguably the greatest Springbok of all time. The, you know, um, Flippy Funamava has been put in that top three, top four conversation of greatest Springbok of all time. My son played uh, in the greatest rugby dynasty of all time at Grey Bloom at any level, anywhere, by the way. Better than the All Blacks winning record. 100% win record for five years. Ridiculous. And now my son's a Springbok, and now he's a Masters graduate. By the way, his brother is also like high level. Um, I think he's an actual scientist or something like that as well. So um, 
just yeah but both scientists like high level mathematician just high level dudes so i hang out with him a, a little bit probably not too long because he'll go oh cheers i'm gonna go hang out with i don't know brian habana or daniel carter or or whoever these next level people hang out with you know for me he'll probably just go fist bump how's it cheers i'm gonna go i'm gonna go kick it with people that have played international rugby which i'll totally get by the way like if if we just have a coffee i'll be like oh sweet sweet deal flip on the map you know what i mean so he's uh, i'm gonna hang out with him i'm not coming to visit you if you live in belgium you know like just come to paris be at the rugby and drop a slide in the DMs, MKT Inspires, and maybe we can link up. Like I'm, the, I, I'm not, I, like I'm not the greatest person in the world. I would, like I don't want to pretend here that I want to be Taylor Swift and start a Swifty movement. We're not doing that, you know. There, there, there has to be a line. Yeah, the great Richard Dawkins says we must be open-minded, but not so open-minded that our brains fall out. So I'm, I'm not coming to see you in Prague as much as that's one of my favorite cities in the world. So uh, let me let me let me dial it back. If you're in France, particularly Paris, between I don't know the 16th of October and the 31st of October, let me know. You know, my sister lives there. I'll probably hang out with her a bit. Probably not because she'll probably be working. But I hang out. I kick it with her on the weekends. You know, see her a little bit. She said, "Maybe you want to stay on our couch." I said, "Maybe it's quite expensive, but." Yeah, I like my own space. I'll find a you know cute little hotel or a or an Airbnb. We'll make it work. Anywho, that's what's happening. Um, speaking of which, uh, we'll start with Pollard. Hey, um, so no Pollard. Now I don't know. Give you a little look behind the scenes here. I was at the event where we shot the kit launch um, for the Springboks, so I, I saw Andre Pollard face to face. He looked all right then. I asked him how he's doing. Obviously, you know, it's a mindset thing. I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing great. Um, and I actually was interviewing all of the box. I interviewed all of them. So, Luit de Jager, um, obviously not there. That's a disaster. That's our line captain. Um, Lucanio Am, you saw that injury against Argentina. Uh, I don't know if it's that one. Um, and Pollard. And I, I saw something on Twitter where they said we took four scrum halves um, because we are sort of having that as a placeholder for um or Pollard to come in kind of thing because they are on that shortlist or whatever and you can easily just say, hey, do whatever. Whichever scrum half has picked up an ankle injury, right? And then you just say, okay, cool, whatever, bring in Pollard. So I hope that's what's happening and they're just giving him some extra time to recover. Um, otherwise, the Springboks are screwed. I see semi-final at best. Um, I, I didn't look what it's going to end up as. If we, the, only, the only team I don't fear is France because I think they're the only team we can bully. The problem now with our Pollard, Libok, I don't want to say he's terrible. What Libok is, is serviceable at test level. So I know South Africans, and um, a while ago, a tweet I put out about taking Khoisin went viral, and um, everyone said, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, you know what? I get it. I know why South Africans like Libok. First of all, South African sport is always going to be racially charged, right? Like, that's fine. Whatever. I think we need to move past that. And we, we, we now have, I think... Uh, a, a capably representative team, you know. I, I don't think you can really say there's any quotas anymore in rugby, cricket, different story. But I think Libok is serviceable at test level. He's an he. So I've labelled him the Khafi de Toy. And if you're young, you don't know who Khafi de Toy is. But Khafi de Toy had a bigger boot than France Stein, and I won't hear anybody say it. And he could kick a rugby ball off a T60 meters. So, Khafi is the most naturally talented rugby player I've ever seen. And I, I'm saying everywhere, by the way. He could run. He could. He was 100 kgs. He had probably the best hair outside of Percy Montgomery at the time. But maybe the best hair in the history of rugby. Khafi uh, Dutoy, in terms of what we call the tangibles, what you could see, 
was it looked like he was built somewhere in a in a laboratory. But then you put him in test rugby and you're like, oof, he's not that guy. And Manny Leibok has showed that, right? So he's a URC, that's fine. You're having fun. And I get it. I get his appeal. You know, South Africans like a bit of umshigi chic. I don't know how to translate that. But I've always said this. I hate fly halves who are playmakers. Because you go, go and look at every fly half that's ever won a World Cup. Because in rugby... The only thing that matters to me is the World Cup, right? It used to be Super Rugby, and even then, this theory applies. What you need at fly half in Test Rugby, this is why Carlos Spencer could never win, right, at the top level, and why Andrew Mertens built his legacy and dynasty at the Crusaders. Really, your number 10 should be low ego, so you don't want him actually being a playmaker, what he needs to be is the best decision maker in your team, number one. And then he needs to be a tactical kicker, right? He mustn't be a running fly half because he's running fly halves, which is why Bowden Barrett will never play fly half for the All Blacks again. It was fun. It was innovative, just like Carlos Spencer, the first two, three years when people don't know what's going on. But then eventually the athletes are too good and the, and the players and coaching is too good at that level for you to think you're too smart at that level. And those are ego players. That's why Bowden Barrett, they said fullback. And by the way, if you listen to the podcast, I said way back when, I said, Bowden Barrett's not an international fly-off. People will say, yes, but he was winning IRB Player of the Year, blah, blah. That award means nothing. I mean, I mean Peter Steph de Toy was winning it for whatever reason. Like, and I love Peter Steph de Toy. He's not the best player in the world. Stop it. Josh Vanderfleer is winning it. Josh Vanderfleer wouldn't make the Springbok squad at Lewis Ford. Get out of here, best rugby player in the world. Shut up. That, that, that award means nothing. It means nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because while Daniel Carter was playing, it should have been every single year, right? Every single year, if this award was properly judged, every year should have been Daniel Carter or Richie McCaw for their entire career. Before that, 12, 15 years when they were playing, maybe Johnny Wilkinson when they won the World Cup, 2003. And even then, Carter was on the bench in that World Cup, remember, and wasn't really in the mix. So Johnny can have it 03. But then after that, it should just, it should have always, all the time, and 2007, I would have given it to Skulk Berger, or for me, Juan Smith, who's the greatest springbok of all time, I've always argued, right? But every year, if that award meant anything, Daniel Carter or Richie McCaw should have been the world player of the year every year, every single year, they were the best player in the world. I don't want to hear it. So that award means nothing. Don't even give me that with Bowden Barrett. And Bowden Barrett's an incredible talent. But at fly half, I want low decision, like low ego, right? All that guy must be doing is making the right decisions to put the team on the front foot. Daniel Carter, Johnny Wilkinson, and people won't like this, but Butch James was perfect when he came in. Don't do too much, Chief. And when Butch came back, he was such a magnificent tactical kicker. Just play to the playbook. Put it up in the air, go and contest, and make it a scrap. And that's how the Springboks won, right? But actually, under Daniel Carter, I, I remember reading a stat. Um, the All Blacks kicked more than anyone in international rugby at the time. Everyone thought Daniel Carter was, this, was brilliant because he was a playmaker. No, Daniel Carter was brilliant because he always made the right decision. Stephen Larkham, you know why he was brilliant? Always made the right decision. Now, he's a bit of an anomaly because he was a great running fly-off, but his tactical kicking uh, doesn't get... Um, I, I think the credence that it deserves. He was an, a high-level tactical kicker. Not a, obviously, he didn't place kick because they had Matthew Burke. Oh, the brilliant Matthew Burke. The head boy. Uh, perfect white boy haircut. Uh, yeah, everyone knows that white guy who's the head boy. That's Matthew Burke. You know, he's wearing the white blazer. He's got that haircut. You get it. So, go through there. So, Daniel Carter... Uh, I mean, if, if you're English, obviously the great Johnny Wilkinson. If you're Australian, it's, it's Stephen Larkin. If you're South African, it's Andre Pollard. Those are the flyoffs that win. 1995, Joel Stransky, drop kick. It's all about kicking. Like, rugby's never going to change. Your number 10's fundamental job, put the pack on the front foot and kick your penalties. Money Leibok cannot tactical kick, and he, at test level, is a horrendous place kicker. 
No, not a bad place kicker. He's a horrendous place kicker. So, Springboks are screwed. Um, I'm not interested. Do, do not text me about Marnie Leibok. Not for test level. He is, he's not that level. And, and the thing about that, he's not changing now. Because now you've validated him and the style... He's not changing now. And you, you know what it is? He doesn't have it. He doesn't have the tactical th- kicking thing. And by the way, I get it. If you're athletic, we like young men are going to do what they're going to lean to what they are, right? And especially the, at URC, he can get away with it. But at test level, then you're going to revert to a real character because there you're going to start seeing ghosts because you're going to start running inside <laughs> and Omahani is waiting for you all day. Vanderfleer is waiting for you all day. Right, those two, those two dogs uh, at for England are waiting all day. France waiting all day, right? Those it, there, you're getting that there is no like the number eight's a little off his game. No, everyone's the best athlete in the world in rugby, and they're waiting, and they're the best, and they don't miss tackles, and they don't fall for dummies, and like you, you're not getting outside, you're, you're not seeing outside gaps in that second channel. That's not happening at that level. Right, that that isn't happening because when you try that, Richie Mwanga is waiting for you, and Sam Kane's turning it over immediately. When you do that at that level, and you saw it against Argentina, they're not playing that. And the only way we won was he started kicking the ball away, putting the pack on the front foot, and kicking some bloody penalties at last. Otherwise, we would have lost that game. He ne- like Money Libok has lost so many tests for us, and we nearly lost that Argentina one. Because of because he missed so many kicks, that should we should have been should have been fifty points, right? Because you 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 start kicking those kicks before you know you're fifteen uh, points up, and then they're trying to chase the game. And then I mean, with the Springbok athleticism, you wanted to get loose. Then then you know, then you know, then it's our game. But they could stick to their guns, and they made it ugly, and we nearly lost that game. Unbelievable, Marnie Leibok. So. Springboks are screwed if Pollard's not there. And, and Lukanya Arm's a huge loss, obviously. But the bigger one, like I can live with any other position. If you don't have a flower, if you can't win. Yeah, like you just can't win. It's, and you know what? Don't give me the, the All Blacks uh, one with, uh, who's the Chiefs guy? I forget what his name is. But Daniel Carter basically got injured in the tournament. It was in the final. Plus they had like Aaron Cruden off the bench, right? So... Relax. And, and then, because Cruden got injured as well. And then they had to bring um, Donald, Stephen Donald, right? Who was, again, again, even Stephen Donald, what was he doing? Kicking penalties. The, the, Stephen Donald is the most vanilla fly half ever. Pass it on, kick penalties. So... That's how you win at that level. Unfortunately, if the Springboks don't get Pollard back in some sort of shape, forget it. Like, we won't beat Ireland because we can't bully them. As, as much as I think with Pollard, we're better than them. Without him, like, we, we can't bully them. We can bully France. And if we get the All Blacks, then we're out. E- even if we get Australia, I think we'll lose. Because Eddie Jones, he, he's smart. Like, people who think this is what Australia's going to be in the tournament are, are stupid. You, you don't know Eddie Jones if you think... He doesn't have something up his sleeve. He's a brilliant coach, an absolutely genius coach. So he, no coach is revealing what their team's going to do in the World Cup now. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. So I think we'll lose. The only team who the, the, we can get in the quarterfinals and I have faith will beat them is France because they just don't have that physicality. They just like everybody says they're so good. They're not. We nearly beat them with 14 men. Remember that. Remember that, by the way. Like Peter Stevtoy got sent off in the first half. I mean, Dupont did get a, get himself a red card as well, but we were chasing that game, and we would have won if we had a kicker. By the way, remember we the, like Cheslin was kicking at a stage, then Fuff was kicking, and they all missed. That's what's going to happen at the World Cup. We literally don't have a second kicker. Why didn't you take Horsen? It it does not make sense to me. Personally, I would have left Liebok at home. Take Horsen. He's your starting fly-off. I'm not interested in the fact that he's not a good rugby player. He's a big tackler, right? He can tactical kick. He's a brilliant goal kicker. 
And he's a long-range kicker. The Springboks don't have a long-range kicker at that level. You, you, you know what I like about long-range kickers? It's turning into a rugby podcast here. But long-range kickers put defenses on their best behavior from the 10-meter line in, right? So when you're on your own 10-meter and you're trying to build phases, they're not sticking their hands in there for that extra second on the ball. You know, they're more likely to take chances. If Francois stands on the team, he, he ensures that you're actually building phases with cleaner ball from 60 meters out because you've got to be on your best behavior at rack time. Otherwise, we're going to put that thing down. And that's what the All Blacks have, by the way, in the other back. Jordy Barrett is the one to look out for there. Because Jordy Barrett's going to kick a 60-meter kick if you dare think you're going to put your... If Dion Faree thinks he's going to put his hands on the ball, uh, you know, for an extra little second there, ref goes... Jordy Barrett says, put that thing down. I'm going to kick it over from 60. That's going to happen. And that is the difference at that level. At that level, from quarterfinals onwards, there's no blowouts. Nobody's winning by 20. Right? Oh, like at that level, you're not beating the All Blacks by 20. You're not beating Ireland the way they play by 20. And especially Northern Hemisphere weather. You're not, you're just, it's not happening. It's an autumn in the Northern Hemisphere. There's going to be rain, so it's going to come down to penalties. It's going to come down to tactical kicking, right? Because you, you know you can't spread the ball. And then you are going to have to, absolutely have to, ensure that you kick your penalties in wet weather. You've just got to do that because the ball doesn't move through the hands the same. There's lots of mistakes. But it's a bad decision not to take Khorsan. People hate him, but he's the Butch James. Like, there are players that are bad at Curry Cup and URC level that are good at test level. Just play to the playbook. The problem with Money Libok, he's never played to the playbook in his life. And at test level, I'll wrap up on this. When I played, so I played, I played Flyhoff. Obviously not as well as Money Libok. He's an international, but I played in the first team. And I had two of the greatest Flyhoffs ever coach me. And I'll never forget what they told me. The reason the Flyhoff needs to be predictable is that 14 other people, especially the higher the level you go, they all need to know where the ball's going next. Right, so like I don't want to bore you with rugby, like it's something I love. But if our tactic is three phases right, so we're gonna hit hit spread, hit hit spread, or hit 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 spread. Like there's there's sort of different patterns you can play um, in terms of trying to break down defenses. So it might be four phases right, and the, even in even in that, there's patterns of where we're gonna go. Are we gonna drop it if we've got a pod? Like there's all sorts of patterns that a fly half has to know, but everyone has to know that your fly half is going to stick to the script. By the way, right? Especially the forwards. You you don't want to be confusing those lumps. Especially rugby now, it's really becoming more structured. You need to know that that number ten isn't going to do too much, as the youth are saying. So money Libok, not for me. All right. Um, by the way, I'm on TikTok. MKT inspires. Go and follow me, or don't. Like, whatever, I'm just letting you know. I'm on TikTok. I'm going to start putting content on there. I'll do, also, throughout the season, just for Chelsea games, I'm going to do review or, or, yeah, reviews after the game. So you'll get to see my face. For some people, obviously, that's sending the fear of God into you, going, oh, my God, it's just better when we can hear you. Fair enough. But for TikTok and stuff, you need video. So I'll start putting that video on the gram. And on the Ticker Talker, MKT Inspires, all across the board. The MKT Show, if you want to support the show. First uh, of September, something's coming. I'll announce it once I can. So there's also that. Excited to let people in there. That's fine. I'm, I'm more excited than I'm letting on. I'm trying to be a professional. I'm trying to be cool with it, you know? Uh, so MKT Inspires on the Ticker Talker. I think I've only got 17 followers right now. Which is fine, like you know, got to grow that. Got to, I got to start. Um, I don't know. I'm a mediocre dancer, I would say. Um, I'm not, I'm, maybe I'll start doing TikTok challenges. I, I'm not really a TikTok challenge guy though. You know, I, 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 one of the things about social media is I just like to be myself. Like I'm quite a boring person. 
So I'm probably just going to post myself talking. Like, that's enough. I'm not going to... I'm not TikTok dancing guy. Like, you know, as much as cool as I think I am, maybe if I was in a relationship, I'd do those things, you know? Like, I don't know. I don't know what couple of challenges people are doing. But you know what I'm talking about. Like, maybe if I meet that kind of person. Hopefully I don't. Because I... I I'm not the kind of person who likes to reveal. I'm very, very private in that sphere of life as well. But hey, if you meet someone, maybe they're that kind of person. If you want to be with them, you, you got a little bit of compromise. So we'll see. See, not planning to meet anyone in the next three, four years. Trying to go to the British and Irish Lions in two years' time and the Olympics next year, you know? Going to need a special person who's going to be like, oh, cool, you're gone for like two months next year and then... The British and Irish Lions, that's three months in a different country. Probably best to stay single. Probably best. I was talking to a friend last night. Which is like, oh, you know, you could meet someone who wants to go with you on that. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot think of anything worse on a sports trip than having to worry about a partner. Like, I just want to go enjoy myself. But then again, people, people, there's people in relationships listening to this going, Oh my God, no wonder he's single. A pleasure shared is a pleasure doubled. And there's lots of people who'd support you and it's nice. Like, maybe. But I just, like, I like to travel on my own because I hate people not wanting to do stuff. And then it's like, oh, okay. What, now I've got to consider your feelings because you want to go and sit in a restaurant somewhere and I want to go hike and go on an adventure. And also, I don't really like to do the like tourist stuff, like I've traveled too much, like it's very boring for me. So I like to get involved with the locals, meet people and be in the mix. And most people are scared and boring. That's my, that's my biggest fear in the world, scared and boring people on, when I'm traveling. At home, oh my God, perfect. Stay at home all the time, exercise and work. That's all I'm doing. So little insight there. Not sure how we got here, but anyway, I'm on TikTok. All right, let's get in the show. Let's get into the show. It's only, it's only been 36 minutes. <laughs> let's get into the show. All right, I'm going to give you my top three. So I have given you, obviously, six, which was Spurs, five, Man United, four, Arsenal. All right, we're going to get into the top three. Um, so, spoiler alert, Liverpool are not in my top six. I, I just I can't take them seriously after seeing their defense last year, and they haven't fixed it. Like, if anything, they've made their weakness their captain. What are we doing? What are we doing? The Van Dyke thing's over. He's terrible. Trent can't defend. So, I, I, like, I can't see how they make the top. And then their whole midfield's been gutted now. There's just no physicality in there. So, Bosla is about to learn that this isn't Germany, mate. You can't just shoot from anywhere. Like, in this league, they close you down. I like McAllister, but is he that level? We're about to find out. And don't give me Argentina. Like, international football's a joke. Complete and utter joke. The stop. I just, I can't stand when people say to me, yeah, but they won the World Cup. So what? International football is a complete and utter joke. Sorry. There's like five nations in the world that can win the World Cup. It's a complete and utter joke. It's not the highest level. It's the third best trophy in the world. So Liverpool are not in my top six. Spoiler alert. All right, number three, it's my, it's my club. And I did think about this, by the way. But let me give you my numbers. Uh, the managers see, most people don't like Potch, but he came second with Spurs and he was always in the top four with a terrible team with, with basically Son and um, Kane. And don't forget, he was in the Champions League final like a couple of years ago with Spurs, with Musa Sissoko running your midfield. <laughs> what are we talking about? With, with Eric Diabolical in center, at centre-back and maybe the worst goalkeeper ever to play for a big club. Right? Ever. In Hugo Lloris. So he's a C. Like, has he done enough? Has he, has he kind of crossed the proverbial Rubicon? No. I don't think so. But he's... he's if, he was, if he did it with that lot, I can't wait to see what he's going to do with these guys. He came top four with basically Harry Kane and Son. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. So the defense is a B. I mean, for me, they've got the best right back in world football when fit. But Reese James is the best right back in world football. 
He just is. I'm sorry, I'd love to hear anybody argue that. He is the best right back in the world. He's probably the best right back one-on-one defending in the world, right? And then I would put him up against anyone going forward as well. He's a goal threat. His, his crossing's as good as Trent Alexander-Arnold. It's just that Chelsea don't have Sadio Mane um, and Mo Salah. I mean, the amount of chances Kai Havertz missed last season. But Reese James, all action, so comfortable on the ball. Reminds me of Cafu, really. You know, I mean, my football hero is Javier Zanetti. He he reminds me of Javier Zanetti and Cafu. Just the real deal, the total deal. (laughs) Listen, his biggest problem is what I fear is injuries. Right? So he's going to have to stay fit, but when he was fit, he's the best. He's the best right back in the world. Ben Chilwell is England's left back between him and Luke Shaw, right? So I love Ben Chilwell. I don't know why people don't like him. I think he's the second best left back in the league. I think Luke Shaw is the most solid option um, in the league at left back. He just is. Joao Cancelo, you can't be sure. Nobody can get along with him. Um, and then they've got Silva, they've got Colwell, they've got, uh, I think Sanchez is a better goalkeeper, arguably the best goalkeeper in the Premier League last season uh, with Allison and Edison. He's in that group. He's elite. So he's in there. And if they get Caicedo as the defense mid, you're looking at a, at a B-plus defense. Like, I'm just looking at personnel, right? And then the midfield's a B-plus. Caicedo, Fernandez, Nkunku if he's there. I don't know why people don't like Conor Gallagher and Andre Santos is a proper player. If you haven't seen him, you're about to find out. Brazil under 20 captain and the real deal. The attack I love as well. Mudrik, you know what I like about this Chelsea team? It's really... They're a season and a half in already because a lot of these guys came in January. Now they're settled. Uh, now you're going to see the best of uh, Mudrik, Jackson, uh, Sterling, Brocher, and Kunku when he comes back. And Kunku injured, obviously, but he'll come back in January. So that'll be another bonus. Um, and what's nice is these kids will play every week. They're, there's no European football. And I tell you what, right? My favorite of all of them is Madueki. That kid, he was already balling last season. If he just had a striker, oh my goodness. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I think it's a B and I think Chelsea come third. I'm sorry. Like, I I just, I've tried to find a better squad with the manager. This manager took Spurs to top four consistently for like six years with a way worse squad. So I like what I see. I like what I see. In second place, listen, I think there's just some fatigue, right? They would have to be making history here to go four in a row. The manager's an A++. I do have some concerns in defense, though. Like, the Nathan Ake thing makes me uncomfortable. The one thing about centre-backs out there is centre-backs don't like to be on an island. He's really a centre-back. Who's going to play left-back? Nathan Ake again? It doesn't work. It worked for one season. That's fine. You can't make that a thing. He's got to play centre-back. So, for me, no left-back. And there's no partner for Diaz. Laporte, I don't know what's cutting there. It's the injuries, it's him bloody fighting with Spain. It's always something with that guy, right? You know the one friend where it's always something. It's always there. It's, it's never them. It's always something else, right? So I don't know what they're going to do about John Stones. Do you move him back to centre-back? I, I've never loved John Stones at centre-back, by the way. I love him at uh, sort of playing in that um, sort of libero sweeper um, moving into midfield. And then the Kyle Walker thing. Like, well, what's cutting there? I know he's getting a new deal, but he's unsettled. And you're at the end of a three-year cycle here. So the attack is an A-. minus. I was going to say B, but it's I'm tough pressed. Mares is gone. Um, what that does, it puts a little more pressure on Erling Haaland. And I love Erling Haaland. But you see, he's still a boy. You know, it's a lot to ask Erling Haaland to carry it. And now, now you paid £100 million for the, the player who I think is the closest thing I've ever seen, that's English um, to Paul Gascoigne. Now you're going to need Jack Grealish to be Aston Villa Jack Grealish, right? Because Gundogan's gone. You're going to need, you're going to need Jack Grealish to start controlling games. And, you, you know, that guy, Gundogan, would never get credit, but he really controlled everything for them he was their Xavi he was their Iniesta he was their sort of Makelele kind of um, 6-8 hybrid just 
he controlled everything in the middle of the park there. And the great thing about Gundogan, typically German, so efficient in midfield, terrific technique, great at ball retention, but he was so good at progressing the ball on quickly. Can Jack Grealish take on that role a little bit more? Because I think they're going to have to do a positional switch where Phil Foden goes to the left. And remember, there's no Marius to bring off the bench now. How many times was Marius coming off the bench and with injuries, with rotation? Bernardo Silva seems unsettled. So it's an A- minus for me. Um, and I just think it's the fatigue of winning and being around Pep Guardiola. You know, people would think, why would Kyle Walker and Bernardo Silva want to leave and Gundogan want to leave? But it's tiring being around a Pep Guardiola. It's very, very, very corrosive to win. It's why when people say, oh, but Pep's got all the best players, so of course he's going to win. No, that's not how it works. In fact, it's the opposite way. When you've got the best players, they expect the coach to be better. That's why Chelsea can't just get anybody. If you're a Man United fan, that's why Man United doesn't work with Dave Moyes. It doesn't even work with Louis van Gaal. It doesn't work with Ole Gunnar Because at that level, right, when Paul Pogba walks in the door, is there's nothing you can tell Paul Pogba. Can you get his respect to play to your tactics? That's it. Pep Guardiola is not coaching Xavi Iniesta. Like, he's not telling them what to do. Like, here's the positioning. Here's what we want to do. And, and he's got such a great masterclass for it. It's, his job is to get you to the halfway line, he says. Or to the last third. In the last third, do you, like, I'm not telling Leo Messi what to do. Right? So what Pep Guardiola understands is man management. What Alex Ferguson understood was Ryan Giggs could look at Fergie, right? And he was playing psychological games with these guys. But there's very few who can do that. Well, Real Madrid don't often go back for the same manager. They did for Capello and they, and they did for you, um, for Carlo Ancelotti. You know why? There's very few people that can handle Real Madrid. There's very few people who can handle Phil Foden, Riyad Mahrez, Erling Haaland, Jack Grealish, John Stones, Edison, Diaz. Because those guys you can't coach. In fact, they don't want to hear it from the coach. Can you get me to be my best psychologically? Because everything else technically, don't, don't worry about it. You don't need to. You, you, there's Pep Guardiola in his dreams wasn't on the level of any of the players he's coaching now. He was a mediocre player uh, at, at Barcelona. Uh, got a couple of caps for Spain, but Spain were rubbish back then. He was at Roma, but he, he was a journeyman, right? So as a player, forget it. Klopp, Poch, all of these guys, it's about motivation. But it can be corrosive. So these guys, it's not perfect. Winning's not perfect. It's demanding, it's corrosive, and people get tired of environments. Gundogan, happy to move. Bernardo Silva, looking to move. Kyle Walker, looking to move. Why? It's tiring. There's a reason why nobody's won more than three titles uh, in a row in England. This is in Spain, where it's a holiday for unless you're playing El Clasico. Like, sorry, you know, I mean, I, I love, I love La Liga, but let's face it, there's three games, because Villarreal aren't it anymore, so really, it's Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, and then, you know, even in the other derbies, you get the Basque derby, um, you get, I mean, you get Betis, uh, the Betis derby, right, uh, Seville derby, and then Valencia are a mess now. You know, so it's not that. Real Madrid players are on holiday for 80% of the season. Barcelona players, holiday 80% of the season. Premier League, no holiday. No holiday. That's hard. Very, very difficult. And I think I'll shock people with this one. I think Newcastle are going to win the league. I, I just, like, the only reason they're going to win the league is because Man City just can't win it four times in a row. Like, it hasn't happened. It's unprecedented. And I just think there is a fatigue in the Premier League in particular. By the way, my tip of the year. Don't be shocked if for the first time ever Pep Guardiola leaves a team in the middle of the season. If ever a team was ripe for revolt, it's now. Don't be shocked. 
listen, I don't know, I don't know why I think that, but I just something tells me with the way Bernardo Silva, Kyle Walker, Gundogan, it shouldn't have been so easy and for them to speak out and want to leave. Jao Cancelo, it's you know, you know, it's already fraying, in my opinion. It's already fraying, in my opinion. So I like I like Man City, but winning's challenging, man. And to do it over and over and over again is even more challenging. I think Newcastle are going to win the league. Not because of their best team. They're going to do a Leicester. I just don't think Man City can do it. And, and there are no other great teams. Their defense are B++. They were already the best team and best defense in the league last year, by the way. Conceded the least goals alongside with City. And they're only going to get better. Because Liveramento, by the way, if you haven't seen him, he's going to add something. Because now you can even play Trippier at left back, as England do. And Liveramento, if you haven't seen him, is one of the best athletes. If you haven't seen the Lorente kid for Atletico Madrid, um, sort of Alphonse Davies kind of athleticism, Gareth Bale style athleticism, look out for Liveramento if you haven't seen him. My God, what a signing. Chelsea graduate, went to Southampton. He's developed now. I hope those injuries stay away, but my God, what an athlete. And then, what's great about Liveramento, by the way, final third, you're going to see what's up. He's terrific in the final third. Big boy, big athlete. So I'm really, really excited. Isn't it great in modern day football you can say you're excited about wingbacks? Because he is such an electric factory and a terrific rotation option for, um, you know, arguably the second best right back in England. Terrific. Uh, Kieran Trippier is just terrific. He's absolutely terrific. And so Liveramento coming in there, obviously with Champions League demands. But... But that's a proper defense with an upgrade, I think. Because I think Trippier can play left back and be comfortable. He's a baller. And then you've got Liveramento and him. And by the way, Trippier is worldy. For me, just world class. Proper ball striker, delivery, one-on-one. He, he's everything. Kieran Trippier is everything I think Liverpool fans think Alexander-Arnold is. But Alexander-Arnold's terrible defensively. He's a right forward. Right? Trippier's unreal. So, and then they're, they're two centre backs, so Shaw and uh, Botman are just unreal. Just unreal. They're, they're the best centre back pair in the league. They are. They are the best centre back pair in the league. You, you don't have to like what I'm saying. I'm just telling you what happened last season. And Botman's 23. It makes me sick. It makes me sick how well Newcastle have bought. Then they've got the best central midfield duo in the league. If you haven't seen Tonali, this guy is a technical maestro. Just unreal. And then the best Bruno. They've got the best midfield in the league. They do. Especially now that Gundogan's gone. I don't know what City are going to do in that division. Don't tell me about Kovacic. Forget it. Like I, I, I love Kovacic and he's a nice player. He plays like a South African player, Kovacic, with the touches and a little bit of flair, a little turn around the corner, a little Tamaya here and there. But he's injury prone and... Yeah, it takes time to settle into Pep Guardiola's system. Let me tell you something. This is the best central midfield pair in the league. It is. In Tonali and Bruno Guimaraes, they've got the best midfield duo in the league. And I don't care what you do in football. That is where games are won and lost. And, it, and with Joe Linton, it just works. Like he's clumsy and he's this and that, but he's in the right place. He's, he's a bit of a bodyguard for the other guys. Uh, so he lets the other guys off the leash because he does all the hard work. But with Joe Linton, it's like, it, it all looks so clunky, but it just works, doesn't it? Sometimes the, these things happen, you know, in football. Like, what's he doing there? But it works, and he's he's a bit of a cult hero. He was bought as a center forward for that massive fee years ago. And now he's basically a number 6-8 hybrid, who's just this monster that the fans love. And then you've got the two best technical uh, and Bruno gives you the uh, Gumarish gives you the physicality as well. So he he's not just technical, right? He's I mean he's world class in terms of the technical side and controlling the tempo. But then he's going to stick his foot in there. And Tonali, I mean you, you just you're about to see, like what a proper technician is. Like this kid is a proper proper technician. Passing range, uh, silky. And in South Africa we have a saying: the aim is not to sweat. He does it at his own pace. I mean, maestro. Maestro. Shades of Gundogan, actually. With better passing range, I would say. Um, I, I mean, they call him... Uh, and let's slow down here. Uh, they, there's sort of... Just just because he looks a little bit like Andre Perlo with the hair and stuff. They've called him the new Perlo. He's, he's, no one's that. Like, let's slow down. I know YouTube 
um, will cut something that's two minutes with all of his passes, but slow down. But he does have that similar style. You know, I, I feel like Andre Perlo has never been seen sweating to this day. Like, just the way he moves the ball. But, but that's, again, that technical gift where you can run around. I can already see it. Xavi, Iniesta were brilliant at this. They see it three moves ahead, and technically they're so sublime at shifting the ball. Tonali's one of these, right? One of these rare, rare players. Xavi Alonso, you can do the sweating, right? If you come rushing, I move the ball this way, I move the ball that way. Tony Cruz, that, you're talking about that kind of player. Now, those, those are more accomplished players. I'm just giving you a comp as to what type of player you got. I would say, actually, Tony Cruz is the perfect comp. He's the perfect comp, technically sublime. And you're going to see some worldies, by the way, this season from Tonali because he can rip it. And again, not doing too much. Perlo style. Short backswing and you're going to see him thump that uh, football. And you're going to see some passes that are going to be, get people off their seats. So really looking forward to that. And then their attack just works. I mean, Callum Wilson is at... My tip for left wing of the season in the team of the season is Harvey Barnes. I absolutely love that signing. He is made for this. It's kind of like what City did with Erling Haaland. It's like, we're on the precipice, we're on the precipice, boom. And now he's coming into a settled attack, and he's only adding to that. And he's adding exactly what they needed. St. Maximin, inside, inside. What Harvey Barnes does stays on the wing, and that keeps the wing back honest, right? Now, Callum Wilson or Isaac are one-on-one with the centre-back. Because one of the centre-backs has to go see Harvey Barnes, Right, because he's beating the wing back. No, no wing backs living with him one on one, and then the delivery superb. So I absolutely love that attack. I think it's an A plus. Isaac, Harvey Barnes, Almiron. I think Gordon is going to come on. I love Gordon, and I know people don't like his attitude, but listen, it's been tough for him. He's a young kid. He's one of those. He'll settle down as a player. He's proper. It's the best for me, along with City. That's the best attack in the league. Isaac, I love. I mean, he's just an unreal player. In his first season, he was unplayable. He's going to settle down. And then him and Callum Wilson, boy, oh boy. And then you've got Miggy Almiron on the other side. And with Livramento, and with Trippier, and with Bruno Gomare, and with Tonali. Blimey. And, by the way, and with Fabian Shah, because Fabian Shah carries the ball like Beckenbauer. So, that's a real team. I think Newcastle are winning the league. Like I, and they're going to win it because it's one of those where they, they don't... It's going to be like 86 points. I don't see a 100-point season this season. I don't think anybody's got that in them. Yeah. MKT Inspires, let me know what you think. That's my top three. Chelsea, Man City, Newcastle. So third Chelsea, second Man City, Newcastle, break their duck. I can't see how else. If anything, Chelsea will surprise Newcastle. I just don't see City having it. I just don't see it. All right. Uh, love to know what you think. At MKT Inspires, I'm going to give you my relegation teams. Um, man, Premier League's in two days. Can't believe it. I can't believe it. As the Oaks said. Can't believe it. I'm so stoked. Can't believe it. All right, uh, my relegation teams, um, three here. I mean, it's quick. Uh, Bournemouth, why are you firing Gary O'Neill after the way he finished last season? Don't get it. So you're gone. What are they doing? Like, the guy's clearly doing a great job. And now, what are we doing? You know you know what it's like? You ever seen a, a girl or a guy who has, like, an amazing partner as they're struggling and then that partner sort of pays for your studies or um, supports you as you are, I don't know, doing whatever, building up your career. You guys are living in a one-bedroom apartment and you can barely afford the rent, but she's paying for it. And then you get your CA degree or whatever and you pass the bar and then, oh no, now he's got old Slay Queen on his arm and now he's broken up, he's forgotten uh, that homegirl was there for him. You, do you know those kinds of people? That's what I feel like. I feel like Bournemouth did him a dirty. He won seven in a row. They went unbeaten, right, to survive. I, I thought Bournemouth were gone. They were finished. I, I don't know why they fired Gary O'Neill. It's one of those things where it's, he's not a sexy hire, but it works. I think he's a terrific coach. They were playing some sweet stuff as well. Like Bournemouth weren't conservative under him. 
That's weird. Born with a gun. Cheers. Uh, Forrest, I don't like that uh, fat owner of theirs, the Greek guy. Like, uh, you know, I liked my, I, I like ownership that feels presidential, you know, or like, like, like if he's going to be, it just looks weird. Like he's sweating buckets every time with his, uh, with his, what do you call the, those beads? Anyway, I, I don't know. I'm not religious. Sorry. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Where is it? The mother Mary? Virgin Mary, she's on that. I forget what those beads are called. There's a, there's a name for it. Uh, people are, are, are going to be out there screaming, going, hey, it's a... This, I, I can imagine there's someone who's Catholic out there going, I forget what those beads are called. Anyway, he's holding those the whole time. But that guy, that guy's a joke. You can't have that as the owner. And then they, they bought, they're try, trying to buy the whole league or what? No, they're, they're gone. And they survived on passion. Passion doesn't work. Um, they're awful. Passion is enough. They're gone. Um... And then lastly, Sheffield United. Um, so, have you seen the Burnley? If you haven't seen it, go and see the Burnley signing. So, I thought the whole time we've anglicized Sander Berger, we've been saying, and he said, no, it's Sander Burge. So, Sander Burge, their best midfielder. Really like him. If you haven't seen him, he's a number eight. Um, so, they've sold him and they just don't care. I, I, I've been seeing. Um, hysterical stuff saying they're trying to beat Derby's record for the lowest points total. So forget it. Sheffield United, uh, Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth. They're gone. Terrible. Sheffield United. Although Sheffield United are the only terrible team. I think it's going to be a slobber knocker for everyone else um, out there. Love to hear what you guys have got to say at MKT Inspire. Slide in the DMs. Hey, love to know where you are in the world. Uh, again, I'll, I'll. what I'll do is I'll have a look at the list of where people listen from and I'll, I'll mention it in the next thing. I'm on TikTok. I'm on TikTok, people. MKT Inspires. Or the MKT Show, by the way. Both. Separate pages. can follow both. Follow none. Whatever. Just letting you know. I'm on TikTok. I'm going to do season reviews um, every, every time Chelsea play, which isn't very often because uh, they'll be weekly in the league. And I'm not doing cup. Like, not doing FA Cup reviews. Just Premier League. Just, just Premier League. If you would like to, if you're struggling to find the podcast, blah, 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 MKT, um, the mktshow.com, by the way, is the website. Um, otherwise, I do have the bit.ly for the show in the description of the podcast. So you can go to my Instagram. You can go to the link tree. Uh, so if you live at, and, and then if you go to the link tree, it'll take you to wherever you listen, right? Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I think I've put, I've put every reasonable option i think google podcasts um pocket costs by the way is what you should be using if you're an android but whatever people people don't seem to listen but um yeah the bitly is available on the website right the mktshow.com or at the bottom of this by the way if you'd like to join um watching the fantasy league Go to the description at the bottom. The The link is there. You can just click on that. It'll take you straight through. It should be an auto-join link um, to the MKT Show League on fantasy football. There will be a prize. You know what I have to do? Right. This is what we're going to do. You have to be, to stand in line to win the prize, whoever joins in week one. And I think I can check that, by the way, at the end of the season. So you have to play from week one. It can't just be you win the league because I, I don't think that's... So as the youth, you know when the youth are youthing is they'll say, my day one, she my day one, homie. So if you my day ones, then you're going to get the prize, which is at least, so I, so I promise at the end of the season, at least a thousand rand, which is the money for the YouTube thing. So that's why I say at least. If I come up with a better idea or who knows, maybe I have a great financial year, maybe I should add to that. Um, we'll see, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I marry a woman who's out of a divorce because one of my dreams is to be a stay at home dad. She's out of the divorce and she gets like a, I don't know, a $30 million settlement and she's just like a sugar mommy and I just marry her, you know, I'm not above that. I'm like, uh, I know people, people who are on public platforms think they have to be perfect. I like to keep it real. Or, again, when the youth are youthing, they say, I keep it 100. 
I don't say that. I don't. I've never said that. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is MKT. This has been the MKT Show. And for now, I am the hell out of here.